Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is the John Fuglesang Podcast. I'm John Fuglesang. This is Sirius XM Progress. God, I love this song. It's time to leave you a preview so you too can review what we do. Man, I love Chuck D. Public Enemy, our house band, here on Sirius XM Progress. For the next three hours, we're going to be coming at you with some really smart interviews and, and me to balance all the smart stuff out. And, of course, our most important guest is always all y'all, or if you're in Brooklyn, all yiz all. Our number is 866-997-4748, and we'd love to have you be part of our show, 866-997-GRIT. That's the number. Um, the great David Rothkoff will be with us later on this evening, one of my favorite guests. He's CEO of the Rothkoff group, and he hosts the podcast Deep State Radio. He, of course, worked under the uh, Clinton administration many moons ago, but he's written many books. He's a Columbia professor, and he's got a great piece in the Daily Beast right now about, well, about that the UN's big week of leaders sent an ominous message to the world. Uh, the entire world assembled here for the UN General Assembly, and America decided to show just how dysfunctional and wacky we are. Ooh, it's been pretty crazy. And we're going to have a free-form Friday for hour number two. No guests, just your calls to wrap up the week. Tonight's show is dedicated to uh, Abraham Lincoln, who said the legitimate object of government is to do for a community of people whatever they need to have done but cannot do at all or cannot so well do for themselves in their separate and individual capacities. Abe Lincoln Woke socialist. 5,625 more UAW autoworkers walked off the job today, joining the approximately 12 to 13,000 union members that are already taking part in this three plant strike that began last week against Stellantis, formerly Chrysler, General Motors, and Ford. Now, this expansion doesn't include the Ford plants. UAW President Sean Fain said Ford is very serious about making a deal and they're making strides at the negotiating table. I hope that's true. Apparently, Joe Biden listens to the show because the entire theme of Tuesday night was how Joe Biden has to be seen and filmed on the picket line. And I gave many reasons why this has to happen. No president's ever done it. He's the oldest president we've ever had. But apparently uh, he's a loyal listener. He will be joining the UAW workers in Michigan on Tuesday. This is going to be the most positive and historic event possibly of the entire year. A a United States sitting president, I mean, giving the most significant pro-union statement ever during a contract dispute. It's another reason why the thing I like most about Joe Biden is how he really seems to freak out the billionaires. Also, this didn't get much news today, but Vice President Kamala Harris said the Biden administration is taking the first steps towards removing medical bills from people's credit scores. Think about how much that would improve the credit ratings for millions of Americans. So, of course, the media didn't mention it. Thea Harper is our boss tonight. She is running this thing while Chris is off doing whatever Chris does. We're really happy to have Matt Bambaka back with us. Matt, thank you so much for classing up our show. Anytime we get Matt here to help us run this thing, uh, we're we're just glad Chris is gone, really. I mean, I, I, I should feel worse about it, but we're so happy to have Matt. So... You guys get to be part of the party at 866-997-4748. How how you doing? How are you feeling about where we're at right now with this country and this world and this climate change and this pandemic? I mean, what's keeping you up at night? What's getting you up in the morning? What's making life worthwhile? We'd love to hear how your week went. 866-997-GRIT. Let's do a show. I want to begin, because I'm very angry, this indictment of Senator Bob Menendez is a hoax, 
Okay? It is a vicious hoax by a weaponized Justice Department. It is a witch hunt of a completely innocent man by the deep state. And you should be disgusted. Well, um, uh, oh, oh, so sorry. So sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, no I, I just realized I'm not in an amoral cult of unmanly obedience. I don't actually feel that. No, uh, he's got to go. Yeah. Bye, Bob. You dodged a bullet once, but wow, you must think you walk between the raindrops. Look, normally, when we talk about New Jersey politicians in trouble, you know, it's it's either it's either Nucky Thompson in, in Boardwalk Empire or it's it's the governor. I've thought for a long time that New Jersey governor is kind of like the spinal tap drummer of government jobs. I mean, remember Jim McGreevy? He resigned back in 2004 because he was not so much that he was having a, an affair with a guy, but he had put the guy on the state payroll who wasn't qualified. He had to go. Uh, John Corzine, Democrat I liked a lot. Things didn't go well for him. Chris Christie. Oh, my. There were problems there as well. But tonight's the senator. The indictment came out today of Senator Bob Menendez. He is the chairman of the very powerful Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, and his wife was indicted along with him. And it takes a lot to surprise me. But the, the, the level of bribery that he's been accused of, and Lordy, there are photos. Now, when this first leaked about the probe a few months ago in the springtime, uh, Bob Menendez, does, he denied any wrongdoing. Um, and again, let me say this now. I'm going to have to say this a lot. Just like Donald Trump and Russell Brand, he is innocent until proven guilty. But this is the second time Democratic Senator Menendez has been looking at federal corruption-related charges in just the last decade. Uh, let's go way back in the midst of time when he was uh, indicted over bribes, allegedly, from a Florida eye doctor. That ended in a mistrial six years ago. The official charges for Senator Menendez and his wife are conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion. And a few businessmen were also charged. They're all going to appear in a Manhattan courtroom this Wednesday. Now, these allegations are crazy. You may have just heard the headlines about this in passing today. Have you actually heard the specifics? Because this is this, this is something out of a Sopranos episode. I, I, I mean, and it actually has a lot of implications for international relations. The indictment's 39 pages, brought by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, and it accuses the Menendez of taking large sums of money to really affect and sway American foreign policy more favorably towards Egypt and to help these three businessmen. Um, he also provided sensitive U.S. government information that secretly aided the government of Egypt, which, uh, if you're just checking, uh, not a democracy. So they searched his house a while ago, and the prosecutors today announced that the federal agents, when searching Menendez's property, and Menendez has known for a while this is coming out. I don't know if he's prepared for it, but he's known they were going to release this. Here's, are you, are you sitting down? This is what they found in a senator's house. Almost half a million dollars in cash. $480,000 in cash stuffed into envelopes and the pockets of various clothes, including uh, his jackets, his, his Senate seal monogram jackets. Four hundred eighty grand in cash. Tell him you won it at the track, Bob. Uh, $70,000 more was in his wife's safe deposit box. You following me? That's well over half a million dollars in cash in his house. $100,000 worth of gold bars. Right? Uh, I, 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 I mean, I mean, did, did you did you rob a vault? $100,000 worth of gold bars? How did he get them? And what happens when you bring those on a plane? Also, you know what they took? A $60,000 Mercedes-Benz convertible that he got as part of a payoff in the scheme, allegedly. They also found two web searches by our good senator. You know what he searched for? You know what he searched for? Guys, if you're, if you're going to break the law, please go, go to the library and use Google there. Um, he searched for how much is one kilo of gold worth? And kilo of gold price. Oh, you're 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 not good at this, Bob. You dodged a bullet, and it wasn't enough. The DNA of one of the co-defendants was found on one of the cash-stuffed envelopes. And yeah, there's photos. There's photos of bundles of cash inside his Menendez monogram jacket. Um, a lot of details. They also found out that he made these searches for how much is one kilo of gold worth right after he came back from a trip to Egypt in 2021. They also say that Menendez got payments on his mortgage, 
as a bribe. He provided sensitive U.S. government information and took other steps that secretly aided the government of Egypt, including plans to keep foreign military sales and foreign military financing flowing, despite those little human rights worries, also known as torture of fucking human beings, that might have cut him off. He tried to intervene in a criminal investigation into one of these businessmen, which is what he got indicted for six years ago. He recommended a nominee for U.S. attorney in Jersey that he thought could sway a different business guy's uh, prosecution, and he tried to influence the Department of Agriculture to benefit another businessman. The Senate Historical Office says that Robert Menendez appears to be uh, the first sitting senator in American history to get indicted on two unrelated criminal allegations. Dude, you, you, you were clear. You had a mistrial six years ago. All you had to do was stay clean. You already get to enjoy corruption. It's called the Senate pension system. Oh, he put out a fiery defense um, that's not going to help him. Those behind this campaign simply cannot accept that a first-generation Latino-American from humble beginnings could rise to be a U.S. senator and serve with honor and distinction. Even worse, they see me as an obstacle to their way of broader policy goals. I've been falsely accused before, yada yada. I have also stood steadfast against dictators around the globe, whether they be in Iran, Cuba, Turkey, or elsewhere, fighting against the forces of appeasement and standing with those who stand for freedom and democracy. Dude, you took gold bars from the dictatorship of Egypt. I, 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 I... He, he, and he talked about his acquittal in 2018. Uh, he said prosecutors have misrepresented the normal work of a congressional office and mischaracterized long-standing friendships. Dude, you and your wife had a half a million in cash and $100,000 in gold bars in your house. Right. So this is much worse for him than the last case, because it's much more well-documented. That last case was about campaign contributions, and it was kind of fuzzy. It was about flights and hotel stays and, you know, alleged contributions that he accepted from this businessman, Sal Melgen, to help with a Medicare billing dispute and some other small favors. This new one, dude, you got a Mercedes-Benz luxury convertible and solid gold bars in your house for helping an authoritarian regime and trying to interfere with a federal investigation. Uh, there are smoking guns here. There are many smoking guns here. There's DNA here. And the DNA makes it pretty clear the senator was very aware of the benefits he and his wife were taking and how they were linked to uh, other official actions he took. Here is Kareem Jean-Pierre in the White House press room today saying that the Senator Robert Menendez charge is an active matter and uh, the White House isn't going to comment. On Senator Menendez, uh, did the White House know that an indictment was coming today, and does the president believe the senator should resign? So, a couple of things. Um, I, I'm going to be really careful here. This is a, uh, a not comment because this is an active matter. Um, we learned about this just like all of you, uh, but again, this is an active matter, so I'm not going to comment. Um, no comment or resignation. I'm just active matter. Not going to comment. Right. Uh, Joe Biden, I'm here to give you good advice. I care. I'd like to see you reelected um, as, a, as opposed to Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin, who I'm still scared is going to get involved in this thing somehow. Uh, Joe, I gave you some really good advice on Tuesday that you had to go be there on the picket line. I'm glad you listened. I'm telling you now, you got to call for him to go. OK, he's the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and he was secretly on the Egyptian payroll. Not good. Now, under Senate Democratic Caucus rules, Senator Menendez has to step down as chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. He had to do the same thing back in 2015. And, uh, well, Chuck Schumer hasn't really announced yet what's going to happen. Now, now, this is very different from what happened before, because the last time he was indicted, it was in April of 2015, more than three years before he was up for re-election. And he had time to have a decent defense, and he had a hung jury. The DOJ dropped charges a few months later, so when he ran for re-election in 2018, he was clean, and he got re-elected. Now, this is going to happen just in time for the 2024 election cycle. His primary is in less than nine months. And friends and neighbors, I guarantee you by Monday, there will be other New Jersey Democrats who have announced they have entered the race. But here's the real thing. Uh, back in 2017, the entire Democratic establishment rallied around him. They all they all supported him because they thought he was innocent. No, let's be honest. This is politics because Chris Christie was the governor at the time and they didn't want a Republican to name his replacement. Ha <laughs> It's a Democratic governor now. I mean, Cory Booker back then said, I won't waver in my commitment to stand alongside my senior senator to serve our great state. And good for you. That, that's great. But Governor Phil Murphy today 
has demanded Bob Menendez resign. He said the indictment is deeply disturbing. The facts are so serious, they compromise the ability of Senator Menendez to effectively represent the people of his state. Guys, isn't it nice if you're on the left to not be in a cult of mindless obedience? Isn't it nice to say, hey, you're a corrupt Democrat. You got to go. You can be replaced. That was the message to me, me too. Corrupt or abusive or mediocre men can easily be replaced. And what are the politics of this? Well, Schumer has said he's going to step down. Senator Menendez has rightly decided to step down temporarily from his position as chairman on Foreign Relations Committee until the matter has been resolved. Okay, but that that's it? Remind me what Al Franken was accused of. Back when Senator Schumer from the great state of New York made it clear that if Al Franken didn't resign after he was accused by several women of inappropriate groping or touching, Schumer told him he'd have the Democratic caucus treat him like a pariah, take away all of his assignments. Now, it's, again, alleged, but Al Franken wanted an investigation. He never got one. This is much worse. Max Burns said you never take the cash directly. You let your kids do the deal with the Saudis, and then they give you the kickback. Rookie stuff from Menendez. By the way, this is also the Emoluments Clause. We talk all the time how Donald Trump kept violating the Emoluments Clauses of the Constitutions, but Menendez was paid off by the Egyptian government while he was the head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Guys, this thing stinks like Chris Christie's hamper. If he's found guilty of bribery, he goes to jail, and that's fine. If he's found innocent, then I'll be the first to say you deserve to run for office again, but he's got to go. You don't need a George Santos on the Democratic side. By the way, you hear about all the Republicans who are praising the Biden administration because their DOJ is going after their own Democratic senator? No, I didn't hear that either. This is going to really, really undercut their whole Hunter Biden rap. But again, the Joe Biden weaponized DOJ is going after Biden's son and one of Biden's top senators. If he broke the law, then let him be punished. If, If Hunter Biden broke the law, let him be punished. If Donald Trump broke the law, it's because it's a weaponized DOJ and it's a witch hunt. So, again, a lot of people are saying to me, hey, here's a good idea. Let, let, let's let Menendez go and uh, we'll, we'll get rid of Menendez. You Republicans give up George Santos. Guys, how dare you? You don't want George Santos to leave. You want George Santos on that wall. You need George Santos on that wall. George Santos is more than just arguably the most corrupt, dishonest member of the House, uh, the Republicans. And that's saying a lot. He, he, he's a gay immigrant for Trump. That proves God wants us to laugh. I don't want George Santos to leave. I want George Santos to stay in Congress as long as possible and hang him around the necks of every Republican. I want to pick George Santos up by the ankles and beat Kevin McCarthy with him. And here's the funny thing. This story got all the big high, uh, headlines today, and it's a huge story. But earlier today, we got another bombshell from ProPublica that Clarence Thomas secretly participated in Coke network donor events. It's shocking, but it, in 2018... At Palm Springs International Airport, there was the annual Winter Donor Summit for the Koch Network, which is the political organization founded by the Koch brothers. One of them's gone now. And um, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was on a Gulfstream G200 private jet. It's, it's, It's a conflict of interest for Clarence Thomas to rule on any cases after attending fundraising events for political organizations that are bringing cases to his court. We already know. Clarence Thomas violated financial disclosure laws, recusal laws, laws prohibiting judges from participating in partisan fundraising. The Kochs have a super PAC. Clarence Thomas, I mean, he he perjured himself during his confirmation hearings. Our friend Congressman Ted Lieu said Clarence Thomas secretly accepted millions in lavish gifts from billionaires. He secretly shows up at a fundraiser for billionaires to help raise money for a super PAC. He votes on cases to help billionaires. This isn't the appearance of corruption. This is corruption. Guys, if Bob Menendez and his wife can be indicted for bribery, Clarence Thomas and his wife can be indicted for bribery. We want to know what you think. And by the way, if things don't work out in the Senate, remember, Senator Menendez, man, you are qualified to be on this Supreme Court. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with your calls and the great David Rothkopf. This is Progress. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on. Because you know I love it when you do. Welcome back. And as our, our next guest has already chided me, but I, I, it's my duty to bring you this information. Uh, Tony Basil, the uh, choreographer and artist behind the song Mickey. She was also in Five Easy Pieces. She's a fine actor. Uh, she's 80 today. She's still younger than Mick Jagger, guys. It's all right. All right. Uh, 25 years ago today, you know what happened? President Bill Clinton addressed the United Nations, and he told the world leaders that they had to end all nuclear tests for all time. And he then sent the long-delayed global test ban treaty to the U.S. Senate 25 years ago. How far have we come? Well, the United Nations General Assembly has been going on all week. And as our next guest points out, climate action was ignored and Russia has far too much influence. And all the time we have to be embarrassed because the entire world has a front row seat to our government dysfunction as they try to impeach a president with no evidence and try to have an inquiry, but they don't have enough votes to have the inquiry. And on top of this, we're facing another government shutdown in less than 10 days. Boy, we're looking good, aren't we? Thank God the president can comport himself with some dignity. David Rothkopf is CEO of the Rothkopf Group, which is a media company that does great podcasts, including Deep State Radio, which he hosts. He also produces all kinds of custom podcasts uh, for many different clients. He's the author of many books, including Running the World, The Inside Story of the National Security Council and the Architects of American Power, and of course, Traitor, A History of Betraying America from Benedict Arnold to Donald Trump. It's a great pleasure to welcome David Rothkopf back to SiriusXM. It's a pleasure to be here. It's so good to see you. It's been a while. I was away for a bit, and uh, we're really pleased you could join us. Thank you. I am. You know what else happened 25 years ago at the UN meeting? What's that? Tony Basil celebrated her 55th birthday. <laughs> yes. Our hearts were young and gay, huh? Boy. <laughs> yeah. So. You're really you're really shaken by that revelation, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's really disturbing, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I can handle it there. You, you just listed a bunch of things that were even more disturbing. That's that's very true. And, you know, it's been exciting uh, watching all of our traffic be snarled all week and, and seeing all the dignitaries here. And, you know, I thought Biden had a great speech. Zelensky had a much more inspiring time at the U.N. than he had with Kevin McCarthy. But it really is um, very, very embarrassing to both see that we um, are doing nothing really nothing of substance on an international level in the face of climate change, while our Republican Party continues to make a mockery of our governance. Yeah, I mean, it, it used to be that the United States was able to complain about the weakness of the United Nations, although, to be honest, we we helped create that weakness. We didn't want a multilateral organization to be a very powerful one. But uh, today... Not only is the United Nations still weak and made particularly weak because the biggest current threat to global peace is Russia. And Russia has this veto in the Security Council, which means they can do absolutely nothing about that. But we've also got this problem that our own democracy has been shaken at its foundations on January 6th. And, you know, that coup continues. I look at the work of McCarthy and Matt Gates and MTG and, you know, Bobert and the rest of them as the continuation of the coup, right? Yes. The coup was to stop the government from functioning. That's what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, they've become the party that stands 
for nothing except corruption and nihilism. Yeah. And of course, uh, repaying their donors. But you're exactly right. It's been mind boggling to see this week. And, you know, I think that the Atlantic piece on Donald Trump came at a particularly sensitive time when all the world leaders are here. And we're reminded that this man is now I I don't really trust these polls, David. I think most of these polls are of people who answer their landline phones during dinner hours. I, I, I don't believe that Donald Trump has this kind of popularity that the polls would have us believe. But you mentioned in your piece in The Daily Beast that this article by uh, by Jeffrey Goldberg that just about General Mark Milley that showed the generals in Trump's orbit were horrified that he might somehow trigger a, a nuclear launch. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they were horrified by a lot about Donald Trump. You know, I did a book last uh, year, uh, just about a year ago, um, called American Resistance. I talked about 100 people in the Trump administration, including cabinet secretaries, including Mark Esper, who's a friend of Mark Milley's, who yes, was sir. the secretary of defense. And every single one of them said, A, Trump was unfit for office. B, they were worried he would do something disastrous and see. And this is really the kicker. They are absolutely certain that if he gets reelected, he's going to be worse. And, you know, you know, you have all the world leaders here in town and this Atlantic piece comes out. And if you read it, you know, it's terrifying. You you have generals who say, you know, feeling that Trump could launch a nuclear war. Yeah. Um, and. I personally, I don't think Trump's going to be the next president of the United States. I don't even think Trump's going to be the candidate. But right now, if you had to bet, he's one of the two leading candidates to be the next president of the United States. And because our system is so perverse and because the Republican Party is working so hard to put its thumb on the scales of every kind of electoral mechanism that exists, the reality is Donald Trump could become the next president. And every country at that U.N. meeting and Vladimir Zelensky, who depends on the U.S., and Vladimir Putin, who is our enemy, they all know it. Yeah. And they're all thinking, if we wait 15 months, all of this sanity and sensibility and competence and experience that you have with Joe Biden could go right out the window. Mm -hmm. And you'd be back with a dysfunctional uh, United States of America with literally an insane president. And, and that was the core warning of Jeff Goldberg's piece. Yeah. It was we have a system that can handle almost anything except an insane president. Mm. And, and, and by the way, by the way, as you've been sitting here doing your show. Yeah. Trump went on to Truth Social and said what Mark Milley did would have been punished by death and should have been punished by death. You know, now th think about it. This is a guy who knows his tweets incite violence. And he is sitting there saying that what Milley did, which was to be loyal to the Constitution, should be punished by death. This is only a day after Trump announced that he wants to he plans to deport and inter 11 million undocumented people in this country. I mean, I, I guess he's going to put them and, on trains. and 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 fire tens of thousands of people from the government exclusively because they've sworn an oath of loyalty to the Constitution and not of loyalty to him. You're exactly right. I mean, threatening General Milley with death. There's weakness and then there's that. And I, I have this theory, David, I want to run by you. Our Republican friends always talk about how anti-government they are and then that, that they are opposed to government and government's the problem. And I've never believed it. I've always felt that they love government. Government is how they repay their donors. What they hate is democracy. And they've shown it time and time again between all these voter ID laws designed exclusively to make it harder for some Americans to cast a vote the way they've had their gerrymandering and redistricting. The Capitol riot uh, was all about stopping votes in two states. And when I see the reception the Republican caucus gave Vladimir Zelensky in Washington, D.C. this week, it just seems like their entire contempt is for democracy that dares stand in the way of authoritarian rule. 
I think I think that may be true for a lot of people in the Republican Party. For the big money people in the Republican Party, the Kochs and you know the, the 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 others that you read about, and we'll come come to some of their corruption again in a second. I think um, I don't think they have an ideology except the greed. I, I I think what they're really interested in is keeping their money, and they see any size of government at all as a reason to tax people more and they feel vulnerable to be taxed. And so they are against taxation. They feel that any regulatory capacity within the government can reduce the profits of the companies that they control. And so they're against the administrative state. And, you know, that's why they spend so much money and we're talking millions of dollars to take people like Clarence Thomas on boondoggles because <laughs> case by case, he and Alito and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett and also Roberts periodically are dismantling the administrative state, even though the people who want them to do so, who appear in the cases before the court, have been paying them off. That's right. Do you see a rift forming among our Republican friends over funding for Ukraine against the genocidal invasion of Putin? I mean, there is a rift. There is a group, the MAGA right, that opposes funding for Ukraine. The MTG doesn't like the funding. Matt Gates doesn't like the funding. Uh, Trump doesn't like the funding. Um, but I did see that there are 137 Republicans in the House who said they support the funding and there are enough Republicans in the Senate who support the funding. So for now, I think we can expect that the United States will be able to conduct what is undoubtedly one of the most cost effective international operations in our national security history. We've spent 40 billion dollars, a tiny fraction of our 800 billion dollar defense budget. Correct. And we've destroyed half of the Russian army, half of it, okay? It, we would not have predicted that we could destroy half of it in a war that would have torn the planet apart. But because the Ukrainians are courageous, because they have been willing to sacrifice their blood, and because they are intrepid and creative and uh, use a lot of initiative as fighters, this tiny U.S. investment has probably advanced our national security interests more than any other defense investment we've made in the past 80 years. NATO appears to be in the strongest place of my lifetime. It certainly is. And, and you know, having Finland and NATO, having Sweden hopefully being able to join NATO shortly helps. But we've also had a shift within NATO of the leadership away from the kind of ponderous of Hamlet-like governments of France and the UK and Germany to the states that are on a border with Russia who realized that Russia could move in. So Poland and the Czech Republic and Slovakia and the Baltic states and now the Finns uh, and the Swedes all are saying, look, we feel this threat. We know if Ukraine falls, we can be next. And so all of a sudden, NATO has purpose in a way that it has not had purpose since the end of 1991. Mm. You know, David, earlier in the week, I was uh, very pleased when I initially heard word coming out of the summit of a, a U.S. brokered normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel. That seems like an incredibly positive thing. And then I slept on it and couldn't sleep because I was like, well, how, how can you trust the rulers of Saudi Arabia or Israel on something that matters so much? What do you make of this potential normalization? Look, normalization is a good thing. Peace is a good thing, particularly a good thing if somehow it could move the Israelis more forward towards a more uh, just treatment of the Palestinians um, and move the Saudis away from uh, their periodic actions that threaten our interests. Um, here's the problem. MBS is a murderer. Yep. MBS is a liar. MBS is an arrogant bastard. And even as he is negotiating this deal, 
He is working with Russia to raise the price of oil because they know it will screw Joe Biden next year. That's it. You know, so, you know, you know, these guys are going to take what they can get off this deal and then do whatever the hell they want and cozy up to China and cozy up to Russia and uh, threaten our interests in the region. But you know what else they'll do? They'll throw the Palestinians under the bus because they don't really give a shit about the Palestinians. They'll talk a good game. You're right. You're right. You know, and Netanyahu, um, he will be driving the bus. He's got a right wing government right now that includes people who have been convicted of terrorism, who are um, beyond extremists, who are people who celebrate people who have murdered Palestinians in cold blood. Uh, he is dismantling democracy in Israel, even as this negotiation is going on. And he goes to Joe Biden. Oh, no, I'm committed to democracy. At the same time, he's attacking the Supreme Court and say his Israeli Supreme Court and saying, you can't judge me um, and I'm going to weaken you and I'm going to ignore your decisions. So. If they are lying to us right now, if they are betraying us right now, it stands to reason they will do so the day after a deal when they've gotten the things that they want. And so my my response is you want to normalize, you want to get peace. That's fine. But how about not do it too quickly? Let's see who's the prime minister of Israel next year. Let's see how Saudi Arabia treats us with the price of oil. And let's revisit this. Oh, I don't know. In January of 2025. Well, you mentioned Saudi Arabia. I I think we can guess how they're going to treat us regarding the price of oil. The last time they cut production, of course, was during the pandemic, and it led to those record high gas prices around the globe. It's reasonable to assume the Saudi royal family would be very happy having a puppet like Trump back in the White House. And the best way they can hurt Joe Biden is high gas prices at the pump next year. What could an administration do in this time between now and next year to try to plan around this? I mean, can we make nice with Venezuela that fast? What can the White House do if they're looking at a virtual certainty of high gas prices during a crucial election year? Well, I think the White House is doing everything that they can do. I would say, by the way, apropos of the Saudis, you know, I don't know if you watched the interview with MBS on Fox News with Brett Baer. Um, There are a lot of things in it that were nauseating, not the least of which is here's this guy who oversaw the murder of Khashoggi and 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 we're sort of rehabilitating him on this major news network. Um, But one of the things he did was he said, as he was asked about the two billion dollars that was given to Jared Kushner, and he said, yeah, let him keep it. Whatever happens with the election, he's got that money. He was like bragging. It's like I bought off this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, something that he has said before, and that obviously is a consequence if if Trump gets reelected. As far as the price of gasoline goes, the Biden administration has been canny about using uh, our strategic petroleum reserves and, and buying gas into it when it was uh, affordable. Uh, they have made some moves uh, to make the possibility of getting gas from other sources like Venezuela more likely. We are the world's leading producer of energy right now and so we have a lot of resources of our own and you know i i I think you know the united states has some leverage with the saudis and that's the critical test in all of this i mean there's a couple critical tests you know one will benjamin netanyahu actually take concrete steps that will lead us towards palestinian independence and freedom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he won't but i but that's really the critical question and with the saudis will they act like the kind of security partner they want us to be to them and you know it's like i'm not from missouri but show me oof you know, as long as we're talking about deranged authoritarian uh, dictators, I'd like to ask you about Elon Musk for a moment, because you had a great piece <laughs> in the Daily Beast called Enough Advertisers and Governments Must Dump Elon Musk. Did you ever have accusing the Anti-Defamation League of defamation on your Musk bingo card? Um, it's great that he's given the such free reign for beautiful free speech for anti-Semites, but 
I, I just don't even understand. I, I keep saying I think this whole website, sir, is like a mob restaurant being burned down for the insurance money. I don't know what the rationale is. You know, I mean, I think that's a plausible rationale. I, some people have said that he's just trying to destroy it because it was too much of a useful tool for uh, sort of mainstream media and 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 other kinds of voices out there. Uh, but destroying it is what he's doing. There's no question about that. And, you know, he has become... I, personally, I think that somebody who supports anti-Semites, spreads anti-Semitic messages, defends or, or cozies up to anti-Semitic leaders like Putin or Orban, uh, is an anti-Semite. But yeah. let's take his own personal views and set them aside for a moment. He is the number one amplifier of anti-Semitic views on the planet. Boom. And... Uh, he has also shown with his actions towards Starlink in Ukraine that he does not act with the U.S. interests at heart, even though his companies are based in the United States, even though um, uh, I believe he's a U.S. citizen. He is. And so, you know, I, I, I don't think the U.S. government should be dealing with him because he's not reliable. And I don't think the U.S. government should be dealing with him because he's announced that he is cozied up to Putin. And I don't think U.S. advertisers should go onto a site where they know what it's going to do is support anti-Semitism. Look, I'm Jewish. Every time I write something that is positive towards Biden or, uh, you know, contrary to somebody like Musk, I get inundated with tweets from anti-Semites going, oh, of course, you're doing this because you're a Jew or Jews should be dead. I've had tweets that have gone against my daughters and said they should go to a place like Auschwitz. I've had, uh, you know, and I, look, I'm not alone and I'm not particularly prominent, but I see it every day. It yes. is getting worse every day. And here's one of the sick twists of this week. Bibi Netanyahu, who has kissed up to other uh, anti-Semites in the world, like Viktor Orban and Vladimir Putin, who is reviled by 80, 90 percent of American Jews, came to the United States and said, well, I'll meet with Elon Musk, you know, and and he gave Elon Musk a little bit of the you know cover for his anti-Semitism. And Elon Musk gave Netanyahu a little bit of cover saying he was, you know, hobnobbing with important people. And both of them are doing grave damage to Israel, to Jews, to the United States, to the Western world, to our values, and at the same time, you know, helping our enemies. David Rothkopf is CEO of the Rothkopf Group, and he is the producer and host of Deep State Radio, which I recommend very highly. I love your podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us and for all of your great pieces in The Daily Beast. You're my favorite writer on that site. We're always happy to have you. Have a great evening. Uh, thanks a lot, John. I appreciate the invitation. I hope to come back soon. Anytime. Thank you. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I'm John Fugel saying we are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. I just want to play a clip of uh, Senator Tim Scott before we get to your calls. Tim Scott, of course, is um, running for president from South Carolina. Uh, and it's a lot of reasons to complain about that. But I say, hey, you know what? Just enjoy the comedy. Uh, Donald Trump did something this week that was both politically smart and honest. I'm going to say that again. In the interview with Kristen Welker that everyone was so upset about, Trump said something that was politically smart and honest. He came out and said Republicans are going to lose elections over abortions. It's politically smart, and it's true. Uh, here's Tim Scott really, really wanting to make sure that if he ever somehow got the nomination, 
the vast majority of Americans would still vote against him. He's saying that his opponents are not going hard enough on abortion. I, I think the foreign president is wrong on the issue. Uh, he was a pro-life president. We need a pro-life president in the future. Uh, president uh, Trump and Governor Haley, Governor DeSantis have, have all run away from protecting life as the next president of the United States must. We need a 15-week limit. We don't need to guess about it. We need to be clear about it. That clarity is absolutely essential for us to accomplish the goal of creating a culture of life as a nation. As I said earlier, 47 European countries have a 14-week limit. Only folks in our category are North Korea and China and a few other countries. That is not the company we want as a nation. And we should make sure that we are strong and clear in the defense of life. Yeah, okay, but he supports the death penalty. Here's the deal. You are in the company of China because China, like you, doesn't think women should have a choice. They're just on the opposite side of the paradigm. China has mandatory abortions. And uh, Tim Scott believes that men like him should tell women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Hmm. We are at 866-997-4748. Let's go to the phones, and thank you all so much for your patience. Sean and Callie, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Hello, Sean. Yes. Hey, Hi. brother. So, well, I, I would like to say, um, you know, regarding Menendez, indicted today, because you, you, you did a very good opening about that. First of all, whoever commits crimes should be uh, treated um with the rule of law i mean period i don't it doesn't matter the politics but but with him i mean he literally did have a hung jury and he got off you know with uh most of the people in the hung jury uh wanted to acquit him so mm-hmm. he's presumed innocent until guilty but let's be fucking real here do you have 500 grand in cash at your house? Is that how you roll? I mean, if you roll in like that, man, I want I want to fucking work on Sirius XM. Well, I, and you know I want what? I, to- I, I, the only time I've ever had that kind of cash is when I, you know, worked as a Coke mule uh, for a while. And um, <laughs> and I needed it for all the ladies underwear I had to buy because, you know, they they won't do a cavity search if they think you'll like it. That's the first rule of being a mule. But go on, please. Well, I'm glad you have those uh, potato-sized calves to do that. Here to help. Here to help. (laughs) But, I mean, you got to be kidding me. And then, you know, gold, Egyptian gold, right? Look, I mean, you you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, the thing that baffles the fuck out of me, which you highlighted, but I think it bears repeating, is you narrowly escaped fucking, you know, prison. And then yeah. you go ahead and do the shit again? I mean, What's what the hell, you? man? What the hell? You, you, the angels were smiling on you. They, 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 they almost had you, and you had a mistrial. You had a mistrial. The jurors, <laughs> the jurors thought he was guilty. Lawrence O'Donnell was saying on the show that that's why he will never book Bob Menendez, because he believes he's guilty. And dude, like, dodged a bullet and then decided to go prance around a, a, a shooting range. I mean, I just I just don't even understand. And again, maybe there is a very good reason why a public servant, a United States senator, has over half a million in cash in his house and six figures in gold bars in his house. When the Egyptian government is giving you a Mercedes Benz convertible, dude, don't get caught. Well, I mean, I, it, there's there's a few rules in politics, right? Like, number one, you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu, um, you know, and uh, make sure that you can parse and and do all your your you know kind of not real lying stuff. Okay, promise things you're probably not gonna you know deliver. But but number two, really, or number two and a half is don't take big ass fucking bags of money. I mean, yes. fucking a man. I mean, they're already, because of Citizens United, he's raising, or maybe he wasn't raising enough, but that's the way, I mean, they're raising tons of money online. Why in the fuck, you know, you're not going to blame your wife. No, the next thing you're going to hear is, oh, that was my wife. 
That was her doing that. Yeah, well, let's. I I won't presume that, but I will say. No, uh, I'm just guessing. If you want to put the screws to a guy, if you want to put the screws to a guy like that, you indict a a, a spouse or a child at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's really bad. It looks and again, again, you know, Anwar Sadat was the leader of Egypt who Jimmy Carter did the Camp David Peace Accord with, and for the crime of making peace with Jews, he was murdered by the extreme religious conservatives of his country. His vice president, Hosni Mubarak, ascended and served for decades and was a monster. He was a torturer. He was a dictator. He was deposed 10 years ago in a military coup. I mean, Egypt has a really hard time having a functioning democracy, and dictators get away with it because they're primarily a tourist economy. And also, you know, I just have to add this because sometimes it gets ridiculous, like it's so partisan. Look, normal patriotic Americans who happen to be in the Democratic Party will look at this guy and say, listen, you know what? Um, No, You, you, you cannot get away with this kind of crap. And you're not going to get away or at least you should. You're going to be you're indicted. And you go through the process. If you get off, good for you. But, you know, it's it's completely ridiculous, the fact that we think he wasn't doing the same fucking shit that he got off with the first time. I mean, unless we're stupid, right? He yeah. thought we're all stupid. He got off with that. And, and, and that's okay um, no, it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It's Boardwalk Empire shit. It's crazy. I mean, like, what is up with New Jersey? Torricelli, there's another corrupt Democratic senator. Like, what is it about New Jersey politics that makes decent people become corrupt monsters? My God. I mean, how many governors? Phil Murphy is the first governor out of the last four to not leave the office in shame. Well, this is the thing, right? And, and you know, you got Chris Christie with the whole Bridgegate thing. I mean, he, you know, even and he's like the best of the best, right? I mean, and, and we're looking at politics right now. Who's the best of the best? The Republican Party has now descended into exactly what so many people predicted when they, you know, went from Reagan to Newt Gingrich to the mm-hmm. Christian coalition. Look, this isn't anything nobody else predicted. I just want people to know that this isn't like a surprise. Oh my goodness. All these crazy motherfuckers in the Republican party. No, this has been there since they made these decisions because I mean, fucking, you know, when you make, you know, uh, you know, a guy who, who should have gone to prison, you know, uh, Nixon look like a good guy. You know your fucking party is descended in the <laughs> oh hell. Oh, my God, you're so right. I mean, Nixon would be thrown out of the... I mean, normalizing relations with China, fighting for single-payer health care, the last Republican to balance a budget with a surplus... Well, with a, to balance a budget, Eisenhower had a surplus. But Nixon, Nixon was the last Republican, I always say this, to do anything for non-millionaires with the earned income tax credit. I mean, and on top of that, he was a completely corrupt, racist criminal. But he still looks great compared to what... Paranoid alcoholic. Like. Yeah, it's a mess. A yeah. Mess. Hey, I mean, man, you're you know, right. And we just need to keep fighting, John. I love you on the show and everything. I don't Thanks, care sir. if you have other uh, politicians on running or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, you don't even don't. know the amount of vitriol I received for booking Marianne Williamson on the show. It's like the fifth time she's done the show over the years. And it's like, God, yes. I had to say to so many, and this was moderates. Like last week, I had all the lefties attacking me for, for having, you know, for having too many moderates on the show and for not being a real leftist, <laughs> not being a real liberal, for being a corporatist bootlicker. And I'm like, I've never even belonged to the Democratic Party. You corporatist bootlicker. I got called that like 10 times this week. It was, heard, all the, it was all the moderates who were calling me a socialist Bernie bro. I swear to God, people on the left, th- this whole Bernie fan versus Hillary fan civil war, this whole mentality of fuck you for Russia. only agreeing with fuck you for only agreeing with me on 85 percent of issues. This is how fascists get elected, man. This is how it happens. They, they take advantage of the divisions between the center and the left. And we can disagree, but we got to be nicer to each other. Her during the pandemic when you uh, interviewed her. In in my mind, I remember if I listen to something, I remember it. And and you got to understand people with compassion, people with empathy, people that are smart, whether or not I think she should run for president 
really isn't the point. The point is uh, she isn't the kind of person like Donald bin Laden that Kirsten Welker did on that show no, where I don't believe, believe. it was useful or productive. Yeah, but the centrist Democrats who called her a racist and a fascist and uh, I mean, like, I'm like, she's the only one Democrat running talking about reparations, for God's sakes. Look, here, here's how I say it. I say every time liberals and Democrats and leftists and centrists attack each other, Donald Trump gets an erection. Stop when? giving Donald Trump erections. Stop giving Donald Trump erections, people. It's really that's simple. hard. Sean, I got, how dare you, sir? I got to run, but thank you very much for the call. <laughs> Take care. Oh, my God. Dad dick joke puns. 866-997-4748. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. Catherine is on the line from Las Vegas. Catherine, good evening and welcome. Hi, uh, thank you. Um, what I want to know is, you know, you're talking about this Bob Menendez. Yes. Why is it that only Democrats can get prosecuted for this? I mean, wasn't mm-hmm. it Bob McDonald that uh, literally had charges brought against him that the Supreme Court stepped in to change the rules on bribery right. so that, like, right. the charges were dropped? We got Clarence Thomas. We got Jared Kushner with his $2 billion. Chris Christie with Bridgegate. I mean, the thing is, is that these guys don't ever like face By the any way, consequences you're, you're you're leaving out the georgia grand jury that recommended indicting senator lindsey graham and and right. Fonnie willis chose not to but yeah i mean right. let me just Why say let it, me just say to well in, in fairness the former president and former host of celebrity apprentice is facing 91 criminal charges in four jurisdictions so okay but know. he literally had to lead an insurrection and he wasn't you're even right. going to get he wasn't even going to get charged with that but for the fact that the january, right. january 6th committee publicly embarrassed the doj and yeah. all of a sudden the Amen. doj got caught Amen. with their pants down oh i love you yes you are so right yes my favorite miniseries of last summer and it got a hell of a spinoff right and you know i mean they saw they saw what public opinion was doing and they realized oh shit i guess now we have to do something and by all reports they did nothing until that point and even still look at not a single one of those republicans that refused to obey a subpoena had anything happened jim jordan we just had the time clock from eric swalwell on jim jordan what Mm -hmm. happened to him for for blowing off a subpoena what happened to to nothing you know what happened to to the the republican who was giving tours of the january 6th uh people the day before they're not even asking the questions they're not investigating they're not looking into it they don't want to know now if it's a democrat we'll go after them with all the power and the force to make sure that we make an example of them to make sure we make an example of them to prove how bipartisan they are but all the right has to do is cry and then they run away with their tails between their legs out of fear that like god forbid they would call us partisan no, you're right. You're right. Dems eject them. Republicans reelect them. There, there was Jeff Fortenberry. He got indicted, uh, Congressman, uh, from Nebraska for insider trading uh, under Trump. That did happen. But yeah, generally speaking, Democrats and Me Too prove this. Democrats will be fine. Democrats want to be squeaky clean. But again, it's like, look, I, I, I'm tired of relitigating the Al Franken debate, but... Al Franken was accused of stuff that, I hope you don't mind me saying this, doesn't really come in the same universe as what Menendez is accused of doing. Al Franken was accused of doing horrible things with women, uh, groping women and being inappropriate and all that. And one of his accusers is a friend of this show. But Menendez was chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and taking bribes from an Egyptian dictatorship at the same time. Why did Al Franken have to resign right away? But Menendez gets to hang on because it's innocent until proven guilty. I'm, I'm, you know. I don't know. Look, I mean, is is what is what Menendez did any different than what Jared Kushner did or any better or worse? But when it comes to Al Franken, I mean, there was a huge piece in The New Yorker that, I mean, more or less debunked the the accusations of, of the yeah. uh, of the women you I, I think know? jared and, kushner's and worse i think jared's worse by the way jared jared and his and his father-in-law helped cover up a murder they really did oh i mean i 100 percent. i mean i was saying that facetiously but like the 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 you know if we're going to talk about al franken let's get into the fact that like 
I did theater my whole life, and I have thousands of pictures that somebody could look at and go, oh, gosh, look at the horrible things here, and make accusations. You know, but, I mean, I encourage everybody to read the Jane Mayer piece about it on Al Franken. But to get back yes. to the subject of, Please. can anybody point out to me, since Merrick Garland took over, I mean, even Matt Gatz's investigation, Greenberg gets off because he makes a plea deal, and then yeah. the plea deal is to turn over nobody and they both get off? What's I, up? I mean, what I is know. this nonsense that that there's a free pass to anybody who runs for office as a Republican, but as a Democrat, boy, we're going to make an example of you to prove how bipartisan and, and nonpartisan we are. Let me just say, I don't know what the deal is on Matt Gates, and that might fall down to karma to take care of him. But I, I do think that the DOJ uh, is very, very cautious and that they do not. We learned this with the Trump indictments. They will not go and indict an elected official unless they know they have an airtight case because no one wants to be the prosecutor or the DOJ that goes after a sitting elected member of Congress or a president with a flimsy but maybe popular case that won't hold up in court. So I, I, I don't know what information they have. I don't know what evidence they have, but I don't think Matt Gates is out of the woods yet with his troubles. At least well, that's, what, but I mean, that's what I'm living for. They only have that extreme caution when it comes to Republicans. They have no problem investigating Democrats. Totally I mean, right. we've seen it over and over again. I mean, tell me what Democrat there was anything questionable surrounding that didn't get investigated. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. I know. So we'll see what happens. I mean, but just Menendez, you know what? I, I What I'm proud of is that Democrats are not a cult of obedience and Democrats will cut their own loose because I want history to show that one side didn't shield corruption the way the Republican Party and all of them cut Trump loose after January 6th. But then they all went down the Mar-a-Lago and groveled all over again. They are corruption friendly. They are treason friendly. And I think the Democrats have the burden of really, really having to have a high bar. And I hope they continue to But that's to why the it. Republicans always just make accusations. I mean, this is the trap we fall into every but election again, season. But again, this, but please remember, this will take away the biggest talking point of the entire right wing is Donald Trump faces 91 indictments. This DOJ that's weaponized against Republicans, well, they went after a senior Democratic senator and a sitting president's child. Clearly, they're equal opportunity prosecutors. Prosecutors, because the Hunter Biden just proves the point even more. The I know. fact that nobody else but for somebody with the last name Biden would have You're been right. charged with that. They can't find one example of somebody that was charged with that that didn't have some other, you know, crime that this was a superseding indictment. But you know, to. you know, but you know that's going to blow up in their faces, right? You know that's their dream of taking Joe Biden down because his son was so corrupt. This is as good as it's going to get. They're in civil war over this, Catherine. I, I, I you know. And Hunter Biden, by the way, look, if he broke the law, he needs to face the consequences. But I will tell you, I am thrilled to see him levying lawsuits against these evil motherfuckers, because what this man has been through, I've I've loved addicts in my life and I know how low a man or a woman can sink. But the humiliation that this man has been put through and the lies, I mean, his phone was hacked. That's how they got his pictures. It wasn't because a laptop was left in a shop somewhere. It's been vulgar and violent against this guy. And I never went through the suffering of losing family members the way he did. I don't even know what I would turn to for comfort. So I take a lot of inspiration from the fact that Hunter Biden is going to sue what we call the fuck out of these people. Well, last uh, point about Hunter Biden, and, you know, I know you got to move on, but uh, uh, do you remember when Rudy Giuliani insisted forever that he had Hunter Biden's laptop and he was yes, going to turn it over to us oh, over yeah. and over and over again? Oh, yeah. I mean, I smell a defamation suit there, and, and oh, yeah. I mean, Rudy's already in deep doo-doo with defamation oh, suits, so I would listen, love to see another one. It is amazing how far Rudolph Giuliani has fallen since Borat 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have a great evening. I really appreciate your call, Catherine. We're at 866-997-4748. Let me, let me get one more call before the break. Uh, Elizabeth in Texas, thank you so much for your patience on hold. You're on Sirius XM. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Oh, uh, John, you got to me. Yeah. Um, right Elizabeth. On. Yes. Hello. Okay. I'll be real quick. Uh, how are you? I'm delighted you called. Thank you. Uh, good. Um, now, I know you're the Biden whisperer, so that's why I'm giving you the <laughs> I guess I am questions. now, yeah. Um, Go ahead. Okay, I know. Very good. Okay, um, I'm a question. 
Is Fox News still being broadcast on the military stations? I'm sure it is. I don't have any specifics on that, but uh, every military uh, base, was, I, every military base I've ever seen has had it on. I know. I'm wondering if it's still going on, and this should stop. I agree. I agree. But okay. you know what? The okay. military, let's the Marine Corps just ban the Confederate flag and they're taking the name of Confederate white supremacist traitors off of military bases. Let's let's enjoy one small victory at a time. Yeah, but it needs to be highlighted that this is what they're pumping into the personnel. Of course, of I I agree with you, but again, because, but but I mean it's 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 corrupting our grandparents. And I so agree. we don't need a corrupting our military. These are I get more angry when I know. see Fox News playing in the lobby of like, you know, stores and big banks and box stores. I mean, all these yeah. lies that yeah. Murdoch has vomited out over the years. It's an automatic. Yeah. If I if I go to get my oil change in a place and I don't have a car anymore, but when I did, if they had Fox News on in the lobby, I, they're not getting my business. Yeah, I know. But I there's mean, no reason. There's no that. reason why that cha- that channel should not be allowed on federal property. I agree with you. I know, and somebody needs to ask about that. So ask your friend Biden. Get it okay. off. Okay. Okay. I'll, we're right. rolling next week. Okay. Bring it up. Thank you so much. Okay, good. Okay, wait, wait. Evening. One, one oh, yes. more other real quick thing. Uh, I have okay. a fix for the House of Representatives problem Tell me, that they can't please. do anything right now. Um, Hakeem Jeffries and his people, his team, are very competent people who have brains. Um, they need to start wooing these Biden Republicans. In other words, the uh, 18 Republicans that are in Biden districts, uh, districts that Biden won, and they need to woo them to change parties to be a Democrat and then put Hakeem in charge who can do shit. And the, the reason, <laughs> I think Hakeem, one thing, I think one, Hakeem Jeffries is going to have that gavel in his hand like Thor's hammer come January I, I 2025. Know, I, I, well, I know, but that's too late. We cannot stand a year of government dysfunction. I think right now he needs to get them to, you know, change parties. And it has it has happened before. The uh, the governor of uh, West Virginia changed parties. Um, mm-hmm. There's yeah. been senators that have changed parties. But it's he true. needs to woo these people because if he did. Those 18 or however, he needs at least seven. And if he could woo seven, they would have ultimate power, too. They would be the mansion and cinema of the House of Representatives. You know, I mean, mansion and cinema. They should be working on it all the time. Yeah, I think we should. We have to try to convert. We have to try to convert mansion and cinema to the Democratic Party. That's my biggest concern, because if Joe Biden had had those two. He would have been the most transformative president since FDR. Elizabeth, you are wonderful, and I thank you for the call. This is Progress.